Hello, and welcome to the show Gold Squadron Gays. It's the podcast where two Star Wars-loving gays break down each episode of their favorite Star Wars TV shows, while also being gay as hell. I'm your host, Bradley Brower. And I'm Charles Rogers, and I have water uh, for (laughs) circumstantial reasons, but Bradley just informed me before we, we started recording that he does not. He has the gay drink this time. I do. So I'm trying uh, the new Truly flavors. They are punch flavors. Um, right now I'm drinking oh the oh Truly geez. Tropical Punch. Uh, Pretty good. Uh, this is finally This is finally going to be the, the drunk episode. <laughs> I know, right? Get like Bradley to spill all of his secret, terrible Star Wars opinions. I was going to say, we if we ever... get him drunk for that. He just does it for free. If we ever did that, we'd need to get... Um, we need to buy the the truly extra hards, and then that way we'd have to drink a full one before we like start because it's like eighteen fluid ounces, and then it's like it's a good like just chugging this alcohol. I I feel like Truly's they keep making them harder and harder as time goes on. And they're still a hundred calories, so I don't know how they do they're it. They're still a hundred calories. I don't know how. I they do it. my experience, I have limited experience with White Claw. And my experience was, oh, this tastes very good, but I don't really see what the appeal is in it. See, the way I look at White Claw is, so the bar that I go to in um, Atlanta is, like, whenever I'm done drinking, right, like, for the night, like, I'm like, okay, I've already had, like, five or six drinks. I'm like, okay, I'm getting a little too there, right? What I do is I will go to the bartender and I will get, a white claw because they don't carry truly usually at the bar um but they're basically you know the same thing but what right. ha- what what i like about getting a seltzer when you feel too drunk or whatever is it kind of brings you down a little bit because it's it's essentially beer but it's not like disgusting soggy bread water you know it's <laughs> you know but it's wow. a seltzer it, wow. it really does okay. it does level you out it's okay. kind of like Okay, no, we, we are not even going to jump on this discourse. We will fill up the entire runtime of the episode of me addressing how wrong that statement you just said was. Uh, instead, let's, speaking of beer and crops and farming, there's, there's a, That was a little bit of a stretch. There's a stretch. There's a stretch. There's a stretch. But um, yes, let's get into cropping. Let's get into cropping. We have... <laughs> we have... Uh, we have nothing really that's been announced in the three days or so since we recorded. Oh God, it actually has been three days since we recorded. The has last it been episode. three days? Oh my God, it, it has. been three days. We recorded. The only major announcement was that there's Bad Batch Legos, which I feel like I might have been a little hasty in leaving my job. Because <laughs> as, yeah. as we mentioned on the last episode, I am currently unemployed. Uh, and then they come up with the Bad Batch Legos and I'm like, Maybe I could have stayed an extra week or two. Yeah, just like get like a little bit more money, you know. Yeah, I saw I saw that on the first uh, thing I get when I'm employed again. I saw that on Instagram because it's funny because this episode opens up with this Lego set. Basically, it's them on the ship. Yep. And it's like all of them, and it was really cool. The only one they doesn't have, I guess, is uh, Omega, but um, it has the rest of the Bad Batch, which is interesting. So. Incidentally, as far as the pronunciation goes, everyone says it Omega, except for her. She says Omega. I, th- I think it's just the accent. So I guess Omega, 
either Omega or Omega is the correct, either or is the correct pronunciation of it. So yes, my my friend actually brought this up because he listened to the episode uh, yesterday and he told me, he was like, she's saying Omega because she has the New Zealand accent because Tamora Morrison is New Zealand. So it's like, you know, it's that right. New Zealander accent. So it's Omega. Like you're not saying Omega. Like you're, she's saying Omega, but she's saying it like Omega. Like o- Omega. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's hard right. to do it, but yeah. And I'm like, I, I tend to default to the character's pronunciation, but with Omega, it's like, Right. And, oh no, she is actually she is actually pronouncing it differently. I think at the first mm-hmm. episode of the show, she's basically the only one who says her name. Right. And in this episode, I actually clocked it. I didn't write down at what point it happened, but one of the um, Twilight kids uh, says Omega. He says Omega's out by the fence or something. So he doesn't say Omega. So it is just her who says Omega, or at least the clones probably say Omega. I don't know if we they've said it yet, but. I, they, I think it's like, like a weird cross between the American accent of Omega <laughs> and and the way that the voice actress says it, which is Omega. Like, it, it's going right. to run a spectrum. I mean, it's it does do matter. whatever you want. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things where it's like uh, apples or no, it's like Han. Han and Han, but like they did go back and like explain that in Solo. Right. Like they retroactively made that work. Although clearly it's just Billy D. Williams just pronouncing it however he wants. Right, exactly. So who cares? Um, so did you who clock cares? In, I was gonna I, say, did you clock in the opening this time the new characters? I did, but I didn't write down all of them. Oh, uh, I, had I did it. notice Chopper. I noticed this not the scout trooper, but the cadet helmet. Yes, I'm gonna here. I'm uh, gonna I noticed Grievous up. this time. You did notice Grievous. I, yeah, because I thought it was cool. Um, I'm trying to see if I, I, I had I did notice article. Grievous this time. While you're pulling that up, speaking of articles, because you did send me this article. Speaking yes. of articles, I want to address the lightsaber thing from last time. Okay. Because I did more research and I had people reach out to me after the last episode aired. Yes. I had people reach out to me with a few different theories of who's under the sheet. Okay. Okay. Uh, Nobody knows who is under the sheet. <laughs> Correct. Nobody has been able to clock the lightsaber. Got it. The closest we've got is freeze framing on the hand and comparing the hand colors to known Jedi. And there's two theories. One person tried to tell me with complete seriousness that it's intended to be Depa Balaba. And I went back, and first of all, I think the hand is the wrong color. I think the hand is kind of greenish. Oh, I don't know. And then the lightsaber doesn't match hers at all. And I went back and looked at the scene where she actually is gunned down, and she's using the actual lightsaber that she has. So it's not like they changed her lightsaber. It's definitely not her. Best theory I have heard so far is that it's someone named Rig Nima, who is the doctor that treats Yoda in the last arc of, of season six of the Clone Wars. But we don't have any confirmation on that. Hmm. It's just some random Jedi. But I just want to state for posterity on the show while you're researching, pulling up the list of everybody who's in, that I've still right. been looking into this. If you have your theories, <laughs> please send them to me. <laughs> I am obsessed with knowing who this Jedi was. Clearly. On Okay, um, so the 
the new Star Wars fanfare is just related to the cartoon side of the universe. Um, and so we see in order, I guess, is General Grievous. And then it is Bucket from Star Wars Resistance. Uh, I'm assuming that's the droid. That's the droid. Okay. Yes. Well, um, and then after him is Chopper from Rebels. And then, weirdly enough, it's Crosshair is the next one. Okay. And then it gets, this is where it gets weird. So then it's um, the head of the BX commando droid from various Clone Wars episodes. Mm -hmm. And then randomly again, Wrecker helmet. And then the very uh, last two are uh, an Imperial uh, driver helmet. A, oh, and then Bo-Katan. And then the very last one, which is random, is a uh, Revenge of the Sith era clone trooper. Randomly is the last thing. So I don't know. I wonder, and I speculated this during Mandalorian, I wonder if it's going to be tweaked slightly depending on what show it's in front of. So I wonder if there's multiple Bad Batch ones because it's the Bad Batch show. Yeah. We'll have to, I'll have to, I'll have to look at it each time and make sure, like, just double check, be like, is it changing at all? You know how they do that randomly. They'll be like, oh, let's change it just because, you know, so we'll see. So roughly five minutes after I said, let's dive into the episode, we have nothing else to talk about leading up to it. Right. We could finally dive into the episode. Let's get Cut and Run is the name of this episode. Mm -hmm. We open up on the shuttle. Uh, Omega has finally tired herself out and she and Wrecker are both asleep. And I want to talk about research here. Okay. Briefly, because this is another thing that got brought up to me by other people after the last episode aired. I spent about 20 minutes Googling lightsabers and trying to figure out who the lightsaber belongs to Mm -hmm. in the Camino scene. And if I had bothered at any point, I'll actually back up so i don't i don't listen to any other reviews of the episodes before we record this podcast but after i recorded the last episode i went back and i started listening to reviews and immediately it was pointed out that if i had just googled sector j19 i would have immediately discovered that we know that that's seleucami Gotcha. And everybody who did their fact checking. Right. But I was so obsessed with this lightsaber that in my brain I went, oh, probably there's no. Yeah. I thought it was funny too because I, the second the. They all mock me for this. I was going to say all flood my DMs to tell me how wrong I am. I know because you kind of tricked me too because I thought. When you were like, oh, well, J19 or whatever it is, you were like, oh, yeah, that's where we meet Rex and blah, 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 blah. And like the second they land on this planet, I'm like, uh, no, this is not that story. I don't know what story this is, but this is not that story. And we we get a, we get a character from Clone Wars, correct? He's in Clone Wars? Because I knew it looked familiar. Correct, but correct. But we'll get to him in a minute. Okay. Uh, we're we're coming up on the planet now. Oh, is there uh, something so? Coming? So there's something I want to talk about first. So mea culpa, that's on me. Uh, Charles, research your podcast before you record it. Two K twenty one challenge. Uh, all of the nerds are now going to mock me at uh, the annual nerd gathering. <laughs> right. 
So we come up on Seleucami, mm-hmm. and they land. And I want to talk briefly about this this scene with Omega, where she steps out and oh, she sees and the she planet sees for the, the first time, and there's yep. dirt. I had two thoughts okay. immediately upon watching the scene. The first one is, wow, they really are going for a Ray thing here, mm. where she sees the the new planet for the first time and she's overwhelmed by it. And my second thought was, I swear to God, Omega's going to turn out to be a Palpatine clone. Not with that New Zealand accent. I mean, the hair is kind of back like Palpatine. Yeah. It's exactly like Ray, and we know how much uh, spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker, but <laughs> Ray ends up being a Palpatine. But to be fair, she's British, so... They, that is true. They were kind of, I don't even, actually, does that even make any sense? Because Palpatine's not British. It, the actor is, and the Empire... It, but does he have is. an accent? Does he have an Empire accent? I believe so. I have to go back and check. I need to, I need to watch the prequels, because I don't really remember if he has like yes. a British accent or not. Had I watched Attack of the Clones like I said I was going to, and then I didn't, <laughs> right. uh, I ended up streaming instead uh, after we finished recording. But had I had I actually done that, I probably would know the answer. Hmm. That's another thing that the, the nerds can mock me for at the annual nerd convention is not knowing exactly who has what accent. What did you think of this this opening sequence with Omega? Um, I loved the the part where she like she, she I like how she steps out and she goes like you know she takes a big breath of fresh air you know because theoretically she has never really been outside because on Camino it's always raining right or at least it appears to always be raining and so why would you ever go outside and even if you did go outside it's not like you can take a breath of fresh air outside when it's raining like that so it's like I don't know. I thought that was nice. And then she touches the dirt. She's like, wow, this is awesome. Like, <laughs> cause it's so sterile on Camino. So it's a different environment for her. It's neat that it's, it's reflective of, you know, Anakin comes to Coruscant in the Phantom Menace mm. and it's very, you know, he's, he's blown away by the buildings. Ray goes to Takadana in the force awakens and she's blown away by the trees and how green the whole thing green, is. Yeah. Uh, and then you have Omega, who's really excited by dirt. <laughs> I love it. Uh, yeah, it's it's such a silly thing, but they really do capture the whole, like, fish out of water experience, like, basically, which is what most of Star Wars is anyway. And it's that you have your character put go, going from, like, a desert planet their whole entire life to being like, oh, I'm going to go travel the galaxy now. Like, oh, I'm going to go to this ocean planet now. Like, it's just an interesting... Yep twist you go like you that. go to new places and explore new things and that's kind of the point of the, mm-hmm. the having this broad universe like this is there's so much to discover so we move on to the farm after wrecker trips a booby trap <laughs> uh, which wrecker is he's a lot mm, not that bright he's 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 interesting yeah. he's clearly a top yeah, you know right. he, he definitely has those vibes but we once again encounter yes cut and sue from the Clone Wars, right, which is the clone deserter that we saw. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I know, I, I mean, it's been a minute since I've seen Clone Wars, but like, what's funny is enough. I was actually I forgot to watch it this morning, um, and my friend was watching it and texting me and was like, 
he's like, haven't we seen this farmer guy before? Like he, that's all he sent me. And I was like, that was all I had for the context for the episode before I even started watching it. I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, he was like, isn't that from Clone Wars? And I was like, oh, you're talking about Bad Batch. I haven't even started watching it yet. So I literally was like, Shit, crap, now I need to go watch it before he spoils anything for me. And so I ran to go watch it. Um, yeah, and I was like, so Cut uh, is with his family, his weird family that makes no sense to me because I don't, are, are those kids adopted or are those just biological? Those are, those are adopted. Okay, good. adopted kids. I believe it was established in the Clone Wars. Yeah, incidentally, I, I happened to be awake to watch it at midnight um but that's part of why i either watch the episodes of mandalorian or whatever when they air at midnight right or barring that first thing the next morning mm -hmm. because i will also get texts i will wake up to like a, a yep. flood of dms especially with the mandalorian i will wake up to like a flood of dms and text messages i can't even go on twitter no. because some people like will casually post things from it. Like I got Bo-Katan spoiled for me by Twitter gotcha. just because I didn't watch that episode and it was spoiled before I could watch it. So you got to be careful yeah. with Star Wars. Um, so yeah, the, they meet this, uh, they meet cut again, but so timeline wise, this is very interesting because I, I don't know if I'm jumping ahead, but they have this discussion about how, Cut was recently talking to Captain Rex. Yes. They they go in here and they have this and I'm looking at this like so clearly based on this in the trailers I was wrong about Rex being the second episode but right. he's definitely going to be three or four. It's got to be three or four. Because they're already they're already setting him up. Yeah because he they, they say like I'm pretty sure they say in the episode that he visited the farm the day before. Yep. So that means we could he, go back and watch the Clone Wars episode, or, or I guess, is that a well, Clone Wars episode, or did no, this just happen off screen? No, no, because you're thinking of the Clone Wars episode. Uh, Rex, actually, that's different. That's a different visit. Oh, uh, okay. So this is, this is so his Rex second Rex had come time. back, had uh, come through the day before it. this happened. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, so we we haven't seen this interaction. We saw Rex uh, okay. meeting this person for the first time, but clearly Rex came through and told them about the inhibitor chips. Gotcha. I was getting confused about that because I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Timeline wise, I was like, I don't understand what's happening. I was those like, trulies are starting to kick in. Clearly, um, yeah. <laughs> I no. like how I like how they talked about the programming last time, and then Omega brings up the inhibitor chip. And Hunter's like, Tech, you didn't say anything about an inhibitor check. And Tech's just like, oh, I held back crucial information because I just assumed everybody could figure it out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I like how Omega, when she when he mentions that, she's just like, oh, yeah, all the clones have an inhibitor chips. It's so that they're more susceptible to da 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 I was like, wait. No, she Obviously. She's like, she just <laughs> says it so nonchalantly, too. Her and Tech have shades of, like, those types of people that you talk to about Star Wars and right. you're like they're like oh obviously it was mm -hmm. you know x and x and x person is this random trivia effect I'm like I live eat and breathe this franchise and I didn't even know that I don't know how you expected me to know this information so I like when Omega is going to play she or is being pulled off by the kid she actually looks to Hunter for permission which is weird too, because it's like it's like I'm not your dad. 
He's like, go, go ahead. Like this whole episode is about him not feeling like he's able to fulfill this paternal role to her right. and trying to get her what he sort of thinks she needs mm-hmm. as opposed to what she actually wants, which is to stay with people that she can actually relate to. Right. They, let's see, they set up the whole, we have to go to the spaceport. So they, yeah, they actually go to the spaceport. Right. They discover that in order to get on a transport now, you have to have a chain code, which we we basically, mm-hmm. we established way, way back in the Mandalorian is basically, an, it's it's an ID card. Right. It's a space version of an ID card. Yeah. You have was, to have an ID. I want to, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to, I was just going to say that um, this is the, basically where the chain codes are like first appeared, which is interesting. This is like the first, uh, this is where they first introduced it, I guess, timeline-wise. They're like, by the way, we can now track every single one of the citizens of the Empire with this address, this Wi-Fi address. On Yeah, you know. they, they bring up the database later, and considering what we know, I know Bradley doesn't know this because he's not able to read. Right. But the, the idea of keeping things in databases and what that information could be used for Mm-hmm. is going to come up later on in the timeline during Alphabet Squadron. So it's it's interesting that they're setting, they set up in a later scene like, oh, you could build a database with everyone in the galaxy, which is maybe a comment on modern society. Yeah, I was kind of thinking it was also kind of like a take on the whole... Um you know, the whole Nazi concentration camp thing where like they would number people and it was kind of like, you also got like um, identifiers. Like, so for like gay people, they would get like the pink triangle on their um, on their shirts. And so it's like an identifier kind of like, oh, we know what you are. Like, so we can go, oh, this is how we can, you know, kind of control you by based on like what you are and corral you based on who you are. Yeah, and I think it, you know, it does have shades of that throughout history. You know, we see instances where sort of these databases and knowing more about people kind of helps you classify them. And it also helps you oppress people right? by having those classifications. Yeah, so it's, it's I, definitely like a very heavy thing to bring up the idea. And they bring it up multiple times through the episode mm-hmm. that if you collect information like this, then it can be used to do some pretty, it, it has some unfortunate implications. And on top of that, Tech brings up, or it's, I think it's Tech brings up the point late. No, it's Echo that brings up the point later where he says, oh, you know, we didn't want numbers and now people are just oh, willingly yeah. signing up for them. Right, yeah, he said uh, the clones were asking for names and now everybody's asking for numbers. So it was just a very weird thing, but, um, but the problem comes up that cut would be unable to present proper identification because he is a, a, clone deserter. a clone deserter. So that's just a weird, I guess, I guess, do they not keep track of all the clones? Like I get, you know what I mean? Like I would assume that. I it, too um, was curious about like how they would know that he's a clone. Like I was yeah. curious how they would be aware of this. Like maybe they do like a genetic thing when they do your chain code and they would have maybe. figured it out then. Well, I'm sure there's some explanation for it. The only explanation I can think of is that later on, you know, when they're boarding the vessel, the clone stops him and is like, 
you look familiar, you know? <laughs> so I can only, th my only theory is that the clones are the ones giving out the chain codes. So therefore, if a clone came to them and asked for a chain code, they would instantly kind of recognize them because they're not racist against their own people. So they would go, I can recognize a clone when I see one, whereas other people might not be able to. I also want to talk real fast. So in one of our early episodes of the show, I went on a tangent about currency that ended up getting cut for the final episode and lo and behold, lo and behold it comes another... up in this episode that the <laughs> empire is exchanging outdated republic currency for right. new imperial currency and that's something that made my history nerd brain go interesting that they would address that that's how they're doing it because yeah. remember we talked about two in the mandalorian episode one how then 20 years later, the empire currency is going to be worthless. Worthless, right. Yeah, it's Absolutely so weird. Absolutely worthless. It's kind of funny how full circle that is. Like, it just goes from like, oh, here's a new currency to, I think oh, it's the like- the currency's worthless now. Yeah, it's what, I think in our little conversation, we said something about how like, back when the Nazis took over, like they made their own currency and then it just became worthless. It was after, completely worthless yeah, afterwards. So. This is a problem that, societies have had to face throughout history like we think of like valley forge the reason they were in valley forge in the first place or one of the many 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 reasons was because uh the local farmers didn't know whether or not the american money was actually going to be any good right so they would have preferred british pound sterling as opposed to the americans money because they didn't well if the americans don't win the war then they can't really collect on this money this money's not going to be worth anything so that line about the empire is exchanging the currency yeah that was just interesting to me on a world building level it's one of those things that maybe would be interesting to me and aaron <laughs> and a handful of other history people right and then everybody and else is no like, one else yeah everybody else is like why are they talking about money in star wars can we get back to the money? pew 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 can we get back to the money? No, I want to talk about galactic economics. I want to talk about trade negotiations. Oh my God. I just realized why I liked Phantom Menace so much as a kid. <laughs> okay, we're going to take a break real quick and we'll be right back uh, after this. Getting away from money, we finally get back to uh, Omega playing with the kids. And we do see Omega's chief character flaw in this and throughout the episode is she's so eager to help that she doesn't they stop to think about the consequences. Right. I thought it was interesting that the kids, like the ball goes out of the bounds or whatever of the farm. And clearly it's all like barbed wired up. And right. she goes like, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. We'll just get it later. Like we're not allowed to leave the farm. It's fine. Like that's just a normal thing. Like we know, oh, we'll get it later. It's not important. And then you're a normal person right. who's not been sheltered on Camino all their life would think okay there is some reason why they can't get it right they're so probably just... have done this a thousand times before mm -hmm. they know what they're doing I'm just gonna leave it Omega just wants to help so much right that she runs headlong into this situation and doesn't think about it and lo and behold mm -hmm. the minute she steps outside we get a full-on beautiful view of this Nexu Oh, okay crawling out i love the nexu so attack of the clones hate it, love it or hate it the scene where they have the three monsters you know attacking them in the pit 
is one of the best scenes ever because I love how different the design of the three monsters are. Like they're just so different and cool. And the Nexu is just my favorite. Um, I actually, as a child, I had uh, the Nexu toy. And then I also had Padme with the scratch on her back. I, I don't know if it came together or not, but I had them both. So I had her in her really super hot white outfit. And then uh, I had the Nexu. And so I would always like have them like together in the place that, so. Fun, fun, deep lore fact. But I actually remember, so Bradley and I met in one class and we didn't actually get to know each other until another class for a variety of things that were happening at it and surrounding it. And I remember that one of the things where we were first actually like talking to each other on a level beyond, hi, how are you doing? Was we talked about the fact that both of us had the same Nexu toy as a kid. <laughs> you mentioned that you had it. And I went, oh, is it this one this, that does this? And you were like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I had the exact same one Ugh. as a kid. So I actually still have it. It's in a box in a storage unit. You still have it now. See, now I need to go on eBay and buy one because I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I, love I that still, thing. I am, I am ninety nine point nine percent sure that I still have it. Okay. Once I, I I'm like, I I'm going out eBay. of this current apartment and into the new apartment. I'll actually have all my boxes in the apartment with me, and if we do some video content in the future, I might pull the Nexu out. So oh, let me do it. like a little uh, Star Wars toy reveal. Yeah, it's oh, it's God, it was one of my favorite things. I I mean I don't oh I guess that's what it looked like. I'm I'm looking it up on eBay right now. And I'm like oh is that what it looked like? <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it made like a little noise. It had its little scratch mark on the stomach where Anakin slices it up or whatever. Yep, you can kind of move the you the can tail. move the claws, but the tail was really bendable. Yeah, I see that. Such a cool toy. I love it. Bring Attack of the back Clones, the Nexus. Attack of the Clones had some really solid, like some the really only thing toys. that irked me was at the time they had this thing to where the lightsabers, some of them were like metallic and would, or like magnetic and would stick to the hand. And then I had this oh. one random Anakin that like the lightsaber blade would extend from his hand like Assassin's Creed. It was... Yeah, I had that one too. It doesn't, it didn't, it didn't, I didn't like it because the, the, the humans, or I guess Anakin's feet or whatever were like in a pose already. So you right. could unpose him, which right. was annoying. So. Revenge I, of the Sith probably had the best ones with terms of like the hands and the lightsabers and how they, how they were. Toy development over the years has been interesting. We'll just say that. Well, anyway, so she gets attacked by the Nexu and that leads, um, you know, Hunter to obviously believe that he's just not a good enough dad, I guess. <laughs> so he asked yep. them to take care of his kid for her. We have we have the scene where, you know, he, he tries to treat her like a soldier right. and then seeing Cut treat her like, you know, a father right. would. And that kind of makes in his brain go... I I really am not qualified to be doing this. And then we get a little scene with her kind of taking the head thing off. And I, I'm interested because I want to know what this head thing like is. I don't know if it's, I'd have to look it up. I don't know if it's like Kaminoan yeah, thing. Yeah, it seems important. Some of them have it. It seems important, whatever it is, uh, because she kind of looks at it. Like, 
I almost thought about it like she looks at it kind of like as if it was a piece of jewelry that like her mom gave her. You know what I mean? I know that's not what it is, but it kind of has that same like feeling behind it. Like she kind of holds it like she's like, oh, my dead parent gave this to me. You it know reminds I mean? me of the pendant from the prequels. Yeah. The Japur snippet, snippet that yeah. Anakin gives Padme and then she's holding mm-hmm. when she dies. So Hunter's giving the kid up. <laughs> Very sad. But meanwhile, Echo and Tech are aboard the ship yes. and come up with a plan to get the chain codes and proceed to execute the plan without telling Hunter first. Which is weird. And without realizing that Omega <laughs> is... 10 feet away from them on the ship. Yeah, she's just in the front seat of the car and they're like, they didn't even realize she was in the car. It's like, what? I'm like, how did you, how did you miss this? Well, I think the first problem is why did you execute a plan without telling your leader uh, what the plan was? Like, he's clearly like the team captain, you know what I mean? So like, why would you not tell the team captain like what you're going to do? Like, you want to make sure everybody is on board with the plan, yeah. but nope, they, they just decide to go ahead and do it. Yeah, that was, it was weird. That makes sense. For but reasons. whatever, they they take the initiative. <laughs> I noted uh, at the scene where they, so the, sh- the ship is brought to the inbound yard, and while the clone mm-hmm. troopers are talking, I was like, Dee Bradley Baker voices like over 50% of the characters in this episode it again. Is, it is never going to like get it's never gonna get old or shock me like i'm gonna be like every time i'm gonna be like damn this man deserves an emmy for this like i don't know if he does not win an emmy for this i don't know what he can get for it but he needs to he needs to get some award for this because all the voice acting awards yeah something anything i'm just like come on he deserves it so echo jumps over and is able to break into the guard station steal the actual physical things and download what they need for tech to put them on there. This is where I noted Echo's actually very useful. Yeah. Like I I was concerned originally they weren't going to find a lot for him to do as far as the team structure goes, but right. everyone on the team and this episode once again shows everyone on the team has value. They are val- they are valuable to the team in some way. So I realized something when I was watching this part um that the reason why they don't have a droid character on this show is because theoretically echo is that droid character he takes the place of the do x machina you know r2d2 can unlock every door can you know shut down the codes like everything he has the fucking you know arm thing that can do it so it just makes sense that he would be the droid replacement for the team essentially <laughs> i can i can think of many many uses for that arm thing not all of them appropriate for a star wars show <laughs> but seriously though he he essentially is the droid of the team like i thought that was weird that they didn't have one and then now i realize why it's interesting because they normally like to have those mascots but i guess as far as the storytelling goes like the animation prioritizes storytelling over everything else. Right, right, right. So I'm sure they know they're going to sell a shitload of merchandise without having a droid mascot on there. Well, what's nice about the merchandise for this particular show, and whereas other shows, it's a little different. With this one, you know, you're selling essentially the same toy 
five different times because everybody has different armor everybody has a different helmet everybody you, you know want to collect so the whole set you have to collect the whole set you, have you can't to just the get whole one set. you can't just buy wrecker you have to buy wrecker and crosshair and hunter and tech you have to get them all and then you know if you want omega she's like a bonus because she is essentially the mascot of the team so she's kind of like <laughs> the only I different feel- really bad for those poor dumb fucks that collect Funko Pops. I know. I really feel for them because they're going to have to pay a lot out of pocket for all five of the Bad Batch. I know. And Omega and the Bad Batch variations. Well, I'm, you know what? I'm thinking too, that's just, that's just wave one. Like I'm thinking like, what if they start revealing characters in the show and then they're like, Oh, you know, Bad Batch wave two, like, Here's the Rex Funko. Here's the Asajj Ventress Funko for no fucking reason. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, keep keep dreaming. You're gonna keep dreaming. That but you know, I'm just I'm not I'm just using her as an example. But that's what uh-huh. I mean. Like when there's this random ass character reveal, and then we're gonna be like, oh shit! Now they're gonna make a, you know a bunch of toys of that character now, and who knows? So Omega runs off again. Yes, because she's sad. Because she, that's what she does. Yep. She runs off impulsively without thinking of the consequences. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we we see the transport that they're going to get on, which is once again a reference to Star Tours uh, that is also referenced in Star Wars Rebels. Love this that. being the transport ship that they're on in episode three of Star Wars. It's either episode two or three. Okay. I think it's technically episode three, but if you're watching it on Disney Plus, it's episode two. Because mm. Spark of Rebellion was a two-parter. But it's it's an, all a giant reference to Star Tours. Oh, I love that. Because um, I used to love Star Tours as a kid. Um, I got heat stroke on Star Tours once. <laughs> that was that was not a fun experience. That's my memory of Star Tours is I nearly passed out on it. And I was thinking to myself, if this is the way that I go, this is fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, she she gets in harm's way. The clones start attacking and Wrecker saves her. Yes. And <laughs> I noted here that Wrecker has the Star Wars poncho. Oh, yeah. He does kind of wear that. Uh, the Qui-Gon Jinn. Right. Cal Kestis. Ponchos are a thing. In the poncho Star Wars disguise. That a lot of people. So Wrecker's wearing one. I have noted that. Oh, I like that. Okay. So she delivers the chain codes to them and learns that gasp she's gonna she's intended to go with them and yeah I wanted to note here that her immediate reaction to being told that she needs to go somewhere else being did I do something wrong mm. is the most heartbreaking realistic good writing I've yeah. seen on one of these shows so far because that's what someone at her age and her position would probably think would probably think is I did something wrong they don't want me anymore mm-hmm. and I, I like how she ends up like going with them because like I mean I knew that she wasn't going to like you know stay with them right. but like she's on I, all the promotional material right, 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 of course but I do like that like she does decide like okay I'm going to you know go with them reluctantly and then She's just kind of like, no, I'm not going to do that. How about I don't do that? How about I don't? 
because obviously we knew that she was, I mean, come on. That's the one thing I hate when they do this early on in episodes. You see this a lot in a lot of TV shows. They'll do this thing. Well, they're, they're going to they, they, like literally in like the second episode, they're like, oh, here's the one of the main characters is going to leave the group. No, they're not. No, they're not. They're not going to they leave. Did this in, they did this in Mandalorian season one where episode three gives up the baby and you're like, yes, that's, there okay. is no way. There's no like, way they're going to really give up the baby. It. Right, exactly. Really do it. I did see one show successfully pull this off, mm-hmm. and that was Torchwood. Okay. Torchwood, which is a Doctor Who spinoff. Spoilers for the first season of Torchwood. They heavily marketed a character in the promotional material, and they heavily marketed this character, and this character dies in the first episode. Oh, damn. Well, and that genuinely does come as a shock and set up that no, you really can't trust anything the show does. I mean, the only thing I'll say is like Star Wars merchandising, though, or at least marketing, <laughs> they they do tend to kind of mislead you sometimes because I think it was like, what was it? I think it was Force Awakens. They had this character in one scene in Maz Katana's uh, like castle. And this is like this red guy he's like wearing all red the crimson corsair yeah they just really love they just love like the design of him or something yeah his own comic i was like and he's he's not rise of skywalker again well he is in the movie you know what i mean he's like barely in it though but he's barely in it yeah Yeah. (laughs) so anyway um it's star wars though somebody Somebody, when I was going back and forth with somebody about the who's under the sheet, and they were like, oh, it must be just this random background extra. I went, no, there is no such thing in Star Wars as a random background extra. They all have names. They all have backstories. I will find it. I will find this information out. There is no such thing as random Jedi number 347 that doesn't fucking happen in this franchise this person is gonna have their own book and comic eventually i i know you're saying that now but i i think you're gonna be sorely disappointed moving forward when they don't even reference this jedi ever again (laughs) i think you can sorely fuck off with that kind of negativity (laughs) moving on from your dead jedi That's a lot of dead Jedi in this particular point in the timeline. Cut, boards the transport vessel. He's stopped by the clone who's like, hey, you look like my brother. Oh, wait, we have to leave. Okay, bye. I do want to say before that, that the, the, the sliding the thing in and out into the like custom station, that was like oh. a neat nod to Solo. Oh, I see. Where they're in the yeah. spaceport. Mm-hmm. So that was neat. Uh, but yes, he does, he does board on, the, <laughs> does successfully get aboard the transport. Hunter, as he kicking ass and taking names at the depot, does see the transport take off. Yep. Uh, I liked how Echo can't solve everything. Like, we established that he's very competent, but he then can't get the magnetic clamps off. Right. So... The so Wrecker Man handles it. Wrecker Man handles it, and then we see that Omega comes back. Hunter has to save her again. This is going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, but everyone does eventually escape from the planet yay we're all a happy family again yeah i do want to nitpick that okay. wreckers uh single arm dumbbell curls okay i wrote this wait hold on How? i wrote this down we talked about this the other day 
And you said there was a scene in, I'm assuming Clone Wars. It was in Clone Wars. Okay, where, where he is. Shoulder presses. Shoulder presses a gonk droid. The gonk droid. And I really liked that. This one, when he single arm dumbbell curls with the gonk droid, he can't get his arm up far enough. Yeah. He's so... not actually working out the muscle at all. He's barely moving it up and down. It's terrible form. Because right. the gaunt droid is too large. He's basically doing it to show off at this point, which, again, top energy. But, but the re- like, it irks me watching it because I'm like, it's not how you do that. But, but the other real issue I have with this scene is why is there a gonk droid on this ship? Like, what purpose? Like, I don't even know what a gonk droid does. So wh- it's like a Clearly power it's, droid, right? It's, it's a power droid. It's Wrecker's, like, workout. They're just, like, power generators. So, like, with legs, basically. So I don't understand why he's bench pressing a power generator. It makes no sense. You've never never benched a battery before? No. Have you? No, but it's not outside the (laughs) realm of possibility. I mean, they're basically giant trash cans. So, I mean, I guess... I don't know. I mean, uh, Wikipedia says... Maybe the droid... I was going to say, Wikipedia says they're one meter tall. So I don't know what a meter is. Maybe the gonk droid is the team droid. Like, <laughs> here's the real question. Have you ever bench pressed your dog? I've never bench pressed. Because I have bench pressed my cat. Okay, but your cat's not. hates it. But your cat's not 3.2 feet tall. So it's not a small child. No, but I mean, I'm also not Wrecker. I know, but he's bench I'm pressing hot, a small child that big oh my god anyway well do you have any final thoughts for this episode since we're we're at the end where hunter just kind of basically tells omega you're a part of our family if you want to be just that it's very nice omega's gonna stay and that's the end of the episode i i like this episode Mm -hmm. i have concerns that it's going to be clone wars sequeling for a little bit too much of it. Yeah. We only know about the first three or so episodes. That's true. We know they're going to go to Zygeria. That is the name of the planet. I remember the Zygerians. I didn't remember the name of the planet is Zygeria. That should tell you how my brain works. We're going to go to Zygeria. We're going to see Rex again. Um, Mm But I, I'm concerned because I don't want it to be them always going back and visiting planets from the Clone Wars. Yeah, I hope, like, I, yeah, because I was getting the sense, like, watching this, that they're going to do every episode is them going to a different planet and being like, oh, this is where we're going to end up. No, something happened here in Clone Wars, so we can't stay here. So now we have to go to a different planet. Like, I just hope that that's not every single time. And there's, like, some kind of I mean, on happening. the one hand... On the one hand, the first three episodes of Mando season two was basically, we're going to go to a new planet and do That's a new true. thing. And then the back half of the season was, and now for something completely different. Right. So it's possible that we're just, I mentioned last time, we're probably just seeing promotional images from the first three or four episodes of a 16 episode show. But I am concerned and I want to make sure that they're going to, you know, maybe some different planets or maybe some planets right. from rebels or the original trilogy or even the sequel trilogy it is nice to see Braca. that will be fun 
was like, I was going to say, where are the Ewoks? We need to see the Ewoks. Let's go to Endor. I'm just kidding. Anyway. Jesus. Um, no, we still we still haven't seen Fennec Shan. We still haven't seen Rex. So the next two episodes, you know, hopefully are going to pick up or something's going to happen because we got to move this plot forward. And we can't be having these like super meaningful conversations with Omega every episode. Like you're a part of the family. We love you. you I know? feel like they wanted to get this out of the way. And now that this out of the way, it's like, oh, it's established. She's not going anywhere anytime soon. Right. Which is let's good because roll with it. She's one of the main characters, so it's like we know you're not gonna get rid of her. So it's like, let's relax. Like now I'm I wouldn't be surprised. Let's just that up real quick. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if they randomly like were like, hey, let's let's kind of cut one of the bad batch members. You know what I mean? Like let's kill one of them off. Like I that would be not a we a super weird shock to me by the end of the season. But as for Omega, hmm. though, I'm thinking that's like she's the central plot to the whole entire show. So I don't see how they're going to get rid of her. So who knows? She's a big secret. Yeah, I think there's Top secret is more super classified. Anyway, um, she's a Palpatine. <laughs> that, that, is that your final thought for the episode? She's a Palpatine. That's my final thought. Palpatine's behind it all. Okay, great. <laughs> well uh we are finally back to our normal schedule after this week uh, because there was two episodes this week so it's, it was a little weird but now we are back to normal you know one new episode every monday no there's not going to be a bonus episode Yay. you know so this is this is good um so every monday next week we will we'll have a new episode of the bad badge for you uh also please check out our social medias uh we are on twitter at at gold squad gaze okay i always forget if like if it's the or at or you know what i mean so at gold squad, at gold squad gaze and instagram is at gold squadron gaze gotcha and that is the social media we have for now for now who knows for what now. the empire might bring in the future <laughs> follow us on those to keep up with everything that we are doing Yes. And we will see you next Monday for either Zygeria or Braca. We'll find out. Captain Rex or Finnick Shan. Who knows? <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.